On the Reconciling Marriages with Coach Jack podcast, Christian psychologist, author, and relationship coach, Dr. Jack Ito, will help you to build and restore your marriage. By learning just a few relationship skills, you can help your spouse enjoy your relationship more while getting more love and affection from your spouse. Listen to Coach Jack as he helps you with one more step toward a marriage both you and your spouse will love. Finances seem like such a straightforward issue that we should just be able to present the facts, talk about them reasonably, and come up with a solution. But just like other issues in relationships, there are a couple of components that we need to consider whenever we talk about something. So arguments always have two components, the actual practical issue and the way people feel about the issue. A one-step approach of presenting facts won't get you to a better relationship. A two-step approach will be much easier. Although financial conflicts could be damaging your relationship, relationship problems can also fuel financial conflicts. People have different values concerning how money should be spent or saved. They also have different ideas of what is important and not important to spend money on. The greater the values and priorities difference a couple have, the more conflict can result with money, or with anything else. How we deal with these differences is as important as how we use the money, if we are talking about finances. Many people argue so much about money that they end up losing half of it in a divorce. They are typically trying to convince their spouse that their way of handling money is better and just making their relationship worse in the process. If you follow what I teach, then you will know that I never advocate convincing. No matter how logical your argument, convincing creates greater differences, which in turn further disconnects people emotionally. Keep in mind that we always disconnect on differences and we always connect on similarities. You can use a two-step rather than a single-step approach to solving or ending financial conflict. A two-step approach to financial conflict entails, first, working on the practical aspects of managing money, and secondly, restoring the emotional connection. It's important to determine which of these steps to work on first. There are some preliminary considerations that will help you to choose the best course. So what I'm saying is that Maybe you should work on the practical aspects first, or maybe you should work on the emotional connection before working on the practical aspects regarding your financial situation. So first, you need to determine the cause of your financial conflicts. To make progress on anything, you always want to treat the cause and not the symptom. Sometimes the things people fight about are the real issues and sometimes they are not the main issue at all. Question number one, are fears the cause of your financial conflict? Let me give you an example. Jennifer, a fictional person, Jennifer's husband wanted to put a major portion of their income into investments for their future. The problem was that Jennifer was doubtful if they would have a future. She wasn't thinking about divorce, but she wasn't happy either. When her husband started talking about their future and investing, it brought her fears to the surface all at once. 
Men and women like Jennifer, who are not happy with their relationships, become very protective when it comes to money. If you have the feeling that money is more important to your spouse than your relationship, then you may be right. This is a divorce early warning sign and a signal to work on your relationship before working on the finances. If you're interested in other divorce early warning signs, you can find them on my website at coachjackito.com. Number two, second question to consider. Are issues of freedom and power the cause of your financial conflict? Money is tied to self-worth, security, and personal power. Anything that threatens to take that away can cause people to become overly reactive. For you, it may be a simple financial decision. For your spouse, it may be a major personal threat. Many men, in particular, only feel important if they are both making and spending money. Their car is not just something they drive. It is their expression of themselves. The same goes for a house, clothes, or other property. Both men and women may be concerned about the social power that comes from a display of wealth. No one wants to appear that they are doing worse than their friends. Directly trying to get your spouse to stop spending in this situation will be experienced as limiting and controlling. It would mean a loss of freedom and power. To successfully deal with this situation, you will need to help your spouse to feel important and powerful in other ways first. Third question. Are differences in the way you prioritize future and present causing conflict? So, even when people who agree that they need to save money or invest money still argue, how should they save? How much should they save? When should the savings be used? Such financial conflicts often occur from a lack of financial planning that takes into account the needs and desires of each partner. One person may want to have fun now. One may want to have better retirement living. Instead of arguing the importance of the alternatives, a plan should be made for both. Most of the people I work with who have financial conflict with their spouse do not even have a budget. Without a budget, whenever one person spends money, it's easy for the other person to see that as a threat to what they believe is more important. A budget with line items for individual allowances, vacation money, and retirement planning can help each person to be secure. They can see exactly how much money is allocated for each of these things and not feel threatened. In fact, spending money becomes more enjoyable when you know it has been set aside for that very purpose. As I wrote in my book on overcoming neediness, my wife and I have a budget. Regardless of how much we earn, we combine our incomes. Then we allocate fixed amounts for food, insurance, retirement, recreation, and other expenses. Any money which is left after that is divided equally into our personal allowances that we can spend however we want. Doing things this way provides maximum freedom and power for each of us, while also fostering equality and making sure that the bills get paid as well as our future being planned for. In this case, practical changes come first, which then enhance the relationship. 
Everyone needs some spending money of their own. Those without it are far more likely to feel controlled and to seek divorce later. If you think that earning more money means that you get to keep more than your spouse, you don't understand the meaning of the word married. Address what is most important to your spouse first. If you are the one more concerned about using money in the here and now, help your spouse with retirement savings first. If you are the one who wants to save for retirement, help your spouse with regular budgeted spending money in the here and now first. Make sure you phrase it that way rather than assuming your spouse will just return the favor. For example, you can say something like, let's make a plan for retirement savings so we can better see how much discretionary income we have to spend. Or, let's make a plan for a regular allowance for the both of us. Then we can work on putting some money aside so we can continue to enjoy our lives in the future. You don't have to have the same dream as your spouse. Just find a way to fit your dream and your spouse's dream together. The better your relationship, the more similar your dreams will be. I have two lessons for those who want a long and happy marriage. The first is that sooner or later, financial crises are going to happen. So plan for them now rather than hope that they don't happen. The second is to connect emotionally before trying to work on solutions. Working too much on the practical in a disconnected relationship can push marriages over the edge. I have worked with many men and women who believe that their greatest contribution to their marriage was being a good provider or homemaker, but who ended up having their spouses leave them. They took care of their spouse's practical needs, but they forgot about their spouse's emotional needs. Their spouses then sought to end their relationships in order to get these emotional needs filled. We need money to survive, but we need love to live. Success in finances and relationships requires that you not try to fix everything in a single step. You may be far away from being able to talk about money and visions for your relationship with your spouse. You need to keep in mind that every close relationship was once not even a relationship. It had to progress through stages to get where it is now. If your relationship is not so good, that's what you need to do as well. If you just try to jump into the heavy stuff, your talking will bog down and stall. Instead, learn how to help your spouse enjoy talking to you about the light stuff first. And cut out whatever things you are saying now that distances you. Those two actions together, talking about the light stuff first and cutting out things which distance you, those two actions will start to build your ability to communicate with your spouse. When your communication is strengthened, then you will be able to take on the more difficult issues. My free communication ebook for men or my communication lessons for women will help you with the skills for doing just that, building to that point, helping your spouse to enjoy talking with you again. These are free resources available on my website. For most people, this is all they need to create a satisfying relationship, enjoying talking with each other again. However, if the distance in your relationship is too great to get yourself back on track, then there's still hope. Every weekday, 
men and women are using my relationship coaching packages to rebuild relationships with even the most disconnected marriages. I'm not saying that because I mean that you've got to work with me in order to make your relationship work. I'm saying that so that you can know that there are people, even when their spouses don't love them anymore, even when their spouses have fallen in love with someone else, that there are still things that they can do to work on reconciling their marriages. I don't want you to give up unnecessarily. If you want my help, I would be glad to help you. And of course, I provided lots of information to help you do better. That is what I want most. I want you to reconcile your relationship. Thank you for listening to Reconciling Marriages with Coach Jack. Visit CoachJackIto.com to learn more skills for reconnecting with your spouse and restoring your marriage.